Hi everybody, welcome back to Hope Speaks on the Shield of Hope channel. Today we're, we're joined by a very special guest, but I want to first say that we support at Shield of Hope, we support all local businesses, and it's an honor to talk to so many people. For the last um, the past few weeks we've been talking to local filmmakers, to singers, to writers, uh, to different people with podcasts and etc. Uh, today we're going to focus on the business side of things. And we are going to talk to somebody that has been affected by this pandemic and sticking with the theme of movies. I have reached out to several movie theaters in the area, so we hope that we'll be in contact with a few more. But here we have the Cinema Draft House owners today. Sybil and Tony Katona, uh, they're from the Cinema Draft House in Hazleton, Pennsylvania. For those of us that don't know the history, can you tell us a little bit about the Cinema Draft House? Sure. Well, first of all, we are in West Hazleton, so a small distinction, but um, but important nonetheless. So um, they, it was originally uh, called the Hersker Theater. It was opened in 1916. Unfortunately, there was a um, fire at the newspaper, so we don't have a lot of records from that, but we... Um, it was originally opened as a vaudeville theater. In fact, we still have the dressing rooms um, upstairs. They're kind of hard to get to, but they still exist. Um, so we have a full stage, although the screen currently covers it. Um, and then it transitioned and was expanded in 42. Um, the seating capacity was expanded and um you know air conditioning it was very state-of-the-art um and then we are currently the third owners um it went through a little bit of a change in the 90s and then uh, my father and i bought it from another father-daughter group um in 2002 and we opened in 2003. very nice uh, for those of us that aren't really aware of how theaters necessarily work, can you walk us through the process of like getting a movie into the cinema draft house, or is there like any barriers that you guys face, or maybe there's no barriers you guys face? Well, so we're a second run. So what that means is once the big guys, AMC, Carmichael, Regal, once they get done with it, um, any any title, it then goes open to a second run theater um luckily for us we only have to concern ourselves with the one big chain that we have about two miles from our location um and so we employ a film booker he's uh out of the philly area he and his family have been in the business for generations um and so what a lot of people don't realize though is that each film every week has to be negotiated individually with that studio so if you're running a sony picture the terms are set by sony the rules are set by sony for that one picture individually and it'll change the next week if you pick a different sony picture um <clears throat> so that's a little interesting and having a film booker kind of helps keep that in check and it doesn't drive us nuts because honestly it would be a lot of, and of course everybody's on LA time. So, you know, you can't really start that until afternoon on a Monday. And, um, you know, that way our film booker kind of takes a little bit of the stress out of that, but it is not a centralized, um, process at all to get films. There's also a delivery fee and pickup charge on every title. So, in years before we went digital, which we did in 2011, I believe, November 2011. Anyway, um, we used to get actual film, 35 millimeter, and it would be two, sometimes three 
cases of different reels. Cans. And, of, yeah. and they were like 50 to 75 pounds each. And now it comes on a, a hard drive about the size of an iPad mini. And <laughs> they, they still charge you the same amount for delivery and pickup. We're like, right. we thought we were going to save all this cash just by going to July. Yeah. It's crazy. Delivering a hard drive is uh, much less labor intensive than delivering 150 pounds of film, but yet it's the exact same drop off price. So that kind of stinks. But um, yeah, that's how it goes. And every week we get different hard drives, and then we have a digital key that they send us to open, which starts and ends at a specific time that's been negotiated with that individual company. Um, and um, that that's kind of our process. <laughs> Is there a part of you guys that miss the reels, or do you actually prefer the digital? Um, so towards the end of our 35 millimeter run, we were the we knew that the digital phase was taking over, and we were preparing for it and trying to save. We pretty much remortgaged for an additional 125 thousand dollars to go digital in 2011. Now that the prices have changed, anyway. Uh, there's nothing like the an old film look, but the process is much easier anymore. We used to have to hire a uh, projectionist. projectionist. He would put the films together on Thursday, make sure they ran fine on Friday. But towards the end, our machines were getting so antiquated. We had like a a video monitor on it, watching the reels, just so they weren't bind up. And if they bind up, then they snap, and then you're down 15, 20 minutes trying to fix it. It was, it, it, you know, that one's a much more 35 millimeter is a much more labor intensive process. Everything, because it comes on individual reels, they have to be basically taped. Um, there's no other weight. It's called splicing, but it's basically taping it together. And if that splice comes undone, you have just shot that entire 35 millimeter. Like there's no way it's, miles and miles and miles of film and you have a platter system and that has to be carefully balanced this is much less labor intensive and it's um it, it, i think it's a better process yeah, now <laughs> now with the innovations i'm able to control it with a bnc program through my phone or laptop or with film you weren't able to stop or pause rewind you just had to keep running now I can stop, pause, or rewind. So that's, that's nice. The, yeah. yeah, it's a like say you get a group of ten people walking late, and like so I pause it. I ask the rest of the customers if they mind rewatching the first five minutes, and usually there's no problem. So yeah, huh. we have that. Benefit. We have multiple options with digital that you didn't have with film. Okay, very nice. Um, so has there ever been a um, so when you bought the when you purchased the theater itself was it always a draft house type sit down food you know order food type uh, oh. cinema center or did you guys make it that way? Oh God, no. We we so we bought it September 29th, two thousand two, and we opened the last weekend in March two thousand three. So that was a full six months of seven days a week of construction, ripping it apart. Um, unfortunately, we had had over, well, not unfortunately, but prior to us buying it, the theater had over 400 um, traditional theater chairs, the ones that, you know, you have to put the bottom down to, to sit on in large rows, and they were all cast iron bases. We still have a few of them in our lobby. Um, so all of those had to be individually dug out of the concrete, um, and then we terraced, 
we have five terraces, five levels. Um, my construction crew terraced that. A full commercial kitchen was put in. A liquor license had to be obtained. Um, which but they they actually had to move the women's room to yeah. a different area, so all that plumbing had to be done. Relocated. We had to change. We had to go to a three-phase um, electrical system, which required the entire city block being shut down twice. Um, it was a pretty big undertaking. We had to get approval. Um, both by the LCB, which we were the first cinema and draft house that they had approved. They had had other uh, requests, but we were the first one that they gave granted a full liquor license to. We'd get city approval. We had it. It was a lot. Um, so we took basically what at that point had been running as a dollar theater, um, and was super decrepit. I mean, the piping was bad. The sewer lines were bad. The electric was. How that place didn't burn down, I don't, we had assumed, you know, when you uncover wires that are old knob and tube wires under three sheets of drywall, you assume they're dead. Uh, the first day that my electrician got knocked off a ladder, we realized that every wire was still alive in that place, buried under layers and layers of drywall and paint and, you know, so that, it was a long process to get that, um, to get it renovated was when when you first opened up after the renovations was it more of a would you say was it more of a dream where people just flocked to the theater or what was the marketing behind trying to pitch about like what your idea was for this theater the hazelton west hazelton area is really interesting in that um although it's generally a hard clientele to please um they also really love what's here and so my it's funny you should ask that because my construction crew had to like barricade the front doors when they were working in our lobby um because people would just walk in to an active construction site and tell them stories of i saw my first movie here in you know the 50s or whenever like it, it didn't matter the generation people just really felt an ownership to that property and had it connected to memories of when they took their first date there they had their first kiss there their kids first movie was there um so the public was really behind us without having to do a huge amount of press i mean we were covered on newswatch 16 you know our local um well, our regional news station, um, they did a piece during construction, which was lovely. Um, and the newspaper had kind of, our local newspaper had kind of followed our progress. We did a large um, black tie opening. And then we were super lucky that the moviegoers were locally were willing to support us. And um, slowly but surely we ended up starting to do a specialty groups which has been a lifesaver we do a lot of private events corporate events trainings um and that took a little bit longer that took a little bit of additional advertising and reaching out to the business community of hazelton and the surrounding area but um really people feel a a, a tie and a, a and a sense of they're going to help this succeed. Even 17 years later, we still get that. We still get stories. Our daughter is 12, and she's heard more stories. She could probably write a book of people, you know, explaining to her how much they've loved that theater since whenever. Um, so that's that's great, and we were so lucky to have that. 
So I know you just expressed how much happiness and joy in the community being a part of uh, the theater's life. We're going to get into a little bit of the downside with the COVID-19 situation. How are you guys handling the business side right now? And what toll has this pandemic took on your cinema draft house in particular? Unfortunately, we're completely closed. We have, luckily we have online sales now for gift tickets, which for the first month or so, we were seeing a pretty good rate of sale. I mean, nothing like, nothing that can make up for being closed, really. It's just, it wasn't even a band-aid. I mean, I, I'm, again, incredibly thankful that our customers, out of the kindness of their hearts, came in and just said, hey, I'm going to buy a $100 gift certificate. You're not open. I can't use it. But here's 100 bucks, And that's amazing. But um, so this time, as Tony was saying earlier in the conversation, this time of year is, um, we call it field trip season because that's what it is uh the schools around here the school districts from um berwick to monte city to shenandoah valley to hazelton um mountaintop they we do school groups for all of those uh, those local districts and you know those are large groups and we love having them and they are a band-aid for us during a time when the summer blockbusters haven't come out yet and the academy awards movies are already spent so generally for all movies i mean even if you look at the at the main cinemas um april the end of march april and early may are the numbers go way down you don't hear about a movie grossing 150 million dollars on its opening weekend the the studios aren't putting those kind of blockbusters out so we have lost all of those field trips. Um, we were, but we do an annual event uh, with a local singing group, the Irish Lads. Uh, that's normally a sold-out event. That was lost. We had we do multiple trips with um, the Whitehaven Center of uh, intellectually and physically disabled adults. Um, so altogether, we had well going into May. Now we're at about twenty-one private events. Um, which we estimate at being, you know, more than $25,000 of, um, you know, of sales being taken, you know, being lost. And that's not to count our, our weekend, our, our Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday mo- movies. Those are just specialty events that, um, you know, help bridge between the, until the movies start to really get better and things that we do every year, they're annual events. You know, a lot of the school groups return every single year. Um, so all of that was, you know, I just can't recover that. So, um, we, we were initially an SBA backed loan when we opened. Um, we were the first one nationally that the SBA had approved, um, so I was really familiar with that process and with the ins and outs of working with the SBA. Um, so immediately when we closed, I started to look for additional funding. Um, weirdly enough, we're talking to you on what, May 7th? And um, two days ago, after starting in March, we just received um, some, some of the EIDL money. So we will use that as we need to, you know, pay our mortgage and to, you know, pay our, our utilities, things like that. Um, we're doing a little bit of renovation now. We changed some flooring just because we have time and it's easy to do when nobody's there. But um, I, I just, the amount of money that we lost can't be recouped with government programs. Like that is, 
purely just trying to make sure that the bank doesn't take the theater is how that that's going to be used. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm glad that you guys got the some of the funding that you could. Uh, if there's anything on my end that I can do, uh, let me let me know. I can, you know, this is also like doing a podcast like this. It's also helping promote to your business as well as it is uh, my YouTube channel. And that one of the biggest things is I just want, you know, that's that's why I'm reaching out to theater owners. I want them and uh, theater management owners, uh, crew, because I want people to understand about, because I, I have a passion for films and it's one of those situations where I want people to help support the film community in general. So anything I could do, let me know and I'll share it if I need to. We, we showed, I don't know if you remember this, this is 2016 now. I was up there showing my film bus ride at one point in time. You guys let us use, or you guys let us rent out the, uh, the Cinema Draft House to show that. Do you guys remember kind of 2016-ish? Yeah, we, uh, we're we pretty flexible with stuff like that, too. You know, if it, we're not, um, you know, if people want to showcase what they're doing, and, you know, we, we get that kind of a lot. So we, we love to do that. Is that something, is, is that something you uh, thought about when you were crafting the Cinema Draft House and changing it, like renovation? Did you think something for community arts? Because I know down here in Berwick, when they took over the Berwick Theater, they changed it when they re-renovated it. They wanted to do more community arts where they could actually have like a stage and performances as long as well as like other stuff than just film itself. I don't believe it was consciously designed that way, but after the years and us being local, we, we try to help all local people and well and let me address that a little bit no the initial when we first opened i mean i was 23 so and president of a company and more than a half million dollars in debt so i did not see beyond hey we're gonna open a movie theater we're gonna show movies and we're gonna serve alcohol and beer and great food and come see it come you know come experience it And it was really the community over the years that found amazing and creative ways to ask us to use our space. And they have been continually surprising. And, um, you know, it helps that generally we make a profit. I mean, sometimes we do nonprofit things, but, um, you know, we are really uh, lucky that our customers think of unusual and great ways to use our space you know just even something like we do um rocky horror picture show with a live cast that performs it they came to us and said hey we think your theater would be great for this and you know what it was a sold out event we couldn't have squeezed one more person in there we've live streamed grateful dead shows from wrigley field in you know in chicago um someone came to us and said hey can you get this stream and we contacted a company out of australia and figured out we could do it and so like things like that people come to us and our our motto kind of always is sure we'll try anything once so that was not a goal we weren't set up that way but we have tried to roll with those punches and be really open to suggestions on how we can get more people into our our building that's always the goal how optimistic are you guys when the ban is lifted and we're able to travel and go out to restaurants and theaters and different industries? How optimistic are you that people will once again fill your theater? Um, fortunately, we we have a very um, large physical space and and a large group that follow us no matter what the movie is. We we've always tried to make 
our business about the food, not the movie. To an extent, that works. Of course, it's always about the movie. But we have a, a very great clientele that come no matter what. And it's some, a lot of times, we'll get people, and I'm not even sure what's playing today. We just wanted a cheesesteak, so. Right. They don't care. They don't care. I mean, they'll sit and watch it, but they're not there specifically for it. I think that's one of our hardest problems right now is missing our loyal fan base and customers. It's it's tough right now, and, and hopefully everybody comes back out, and but, even if it's modified with... And that's going to be our strong point, is that we're going to be able to modify and roll with our space better than something like a 400-seat road theater that, you know, Regal has 12 of or something. And I'm not saying they're not going to come back. I think they will, but it will be easier for us to, we can take tables out, we can take chairs out. Our entire space is customizable. So if they say, hey, you can't have people within 10 feet at the theater, great, fine, we can do it. We can figure it out. Um, We can store our stuff. We've got a massive basement. If we've got a, you know, whatever those rules are going to be which we don't have guidance on yet um we can accommodate that because our space is completely uh movable and adjustable and on on that note our our employees are already designed and know how to clean up fairly they've all been food safety trained they've all been you know because we've always been a restaurant so we know best practices we know um you know sanitation practices we have already had that in place and so it's not a new training for us to train our staff we clean and sanitize after every movie to begin with and uh, you don't get that in major chains because they're trying to pack people in as quickly as possible right it's when it's a 600 seat theater it's hard for them to do but right they're not sanitizing their individual chairs you know we like tony said everything all of our surfaces are sanitized after every movie to begin with on a normal day so adding an additional now of course things will change like even before we closed in early march you know all the salt and pepper shakers were off the table all the menus were off the tables all the you know and we can and our staff just they're amazing like we have very little turnover our you know our staff has worked for us for many years and they're willing to do whatever it is and we're right there with them you know i help serve customers our daughter helps serve customers um tony's always in the mix of things and running the kitchen and so i i think we are actually in a good spot to accommodate a lot of the the rules that are going to come down and that are going to govern the reopening my final question was actually going to be asking you about how do you personally plan on changing with the rules and regulations that would possibly come. But you guys actually went pretty in-depth with that. Uh, so I'll actually end with this final question. What do you say to somebody that's running a theater business or just a business in general that are in the same situations as you guys? What's something positive that you can say to them? I say hang in there because after this pandemic, people are going to want to get back out. It might take three, four months of easing in, but people don't want to be stuck in their homes. At this point, I think people are realizing that, and we wish them the best of luck, and we're not only a personal theater, but we're in the industry and hope it survives and survives. Yes. And I would say, you know, this too shall end. I know that sounds trite, but, you know, the movie industry specifically has always been used during times of stress 
in this country. Look at World War II, where the federal government used our screens to, you know, try to improve morale and try to, you know, sell war bonds and things like that. And that is, that's a long tradition. And I think that the industry that we are in will will try to get back to its roots. Um, nostalgia is pretty big in the in the U.S. right now anyway, and I think that idea of a shared experience, not at home, not on Netflix, not on your TV, but a shared experience safely in a group with your neighbors and friends and community is going to be, it's going to feel amazing, and it's going to be something that Americans are going to want. There's nothing like a, a group laughing or crying or sharing that emotion as they're watching something on a big screen. Well, I want to say personally, thank you guys for joining me today. Uh, Sybil and Tony Katona from the West Hazleton Cinema Draft House. I'll have to, I'll have to remember that. <laughs>